Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Iyaka Na'abudu Wa Iyaka Na'asta'in Ihdina Sirat Al-Mustakeen Sirat Al-Ladina An'amta Alayhim Ghayr Al-Maddubi Alayhim Walad-Dawin Ameen Shalom Aleikum, Assalamu Aleikum, Shalom, Salam, Namaste, Peace, Greetings. This is Naeem Abdurafi. Welcome to Listen to the Quran in Easy English. So we are broadcasting live Sunday noon Eastern. And, um, the, and we can be accessed on demand uh, at a a number of places, and all of that information you would get at the landing page, which is I'll repeat this at the end. Um, today I'll read uh, chapter 58 of the Quran, inshallah, with the, uh, may it please Allah that I am able to do that. Chapter 58 of the Quran is uh, Mujadila, Mujadila, uh, the woman who pleads. First, my standard introduction. What are we reading or listening to when we read or listen to the Quran? Answer, the words of God, the Creator, Allah. La, object of worship. Al, the article, the. Allah, the object of worship. I'll be using the term God. We are listening to or reading the words of God. God conveyed those words to Gabriel, the revelation angel. Gabriel, by the way, is referred to in the Quran as Ruh al-Qudus, the Holy Spirit. Gabriel conveyed the words, just as they were given to him, to Muhammad the prophet. This conveyance took place over the course of 23 years, from 610 to 633 A.D., or Common Era. The beginning of this interaction between Muhammad and the angel Gabriel marks the beginning of Muhammad's commission as a prophet. Muhammad memorized the words. He recited the words to family and followers. They memorized the words. Those who could write wrote and memorized them. Prophet Muhammad shared the words with others. They memorized, wrote, and shared. When the five daily prayers became a duty of Muhammad and his followers, recitation of the words became a major component of prayer. In the last year of his life, in the month of Ramadan, Gabriel came to Muhammad nightly and taught him the organization of the Quran that made the Quran timeless. Today, every Muslim in the world knows at least some of the words, verbatim, just as they were conveyed to Muhammad by the revelation angel Gabriel. Hundreds of thousands, maybe millions, know all the words. That is, they can recite the Quran from memory. So the five daily prayers we Muslims perform are for both worship and for preserving the Quran. Muhammad himself could neither read nor write, but he was not illiterate. His society was a non-literate society, not an illiterate society. In fact, Muhammad was an eloquent speaker of Arabic. 
There were those much more eloquent. I'm talking about poets. Throughout Arabia, among the nomadic tribes and the settlements, poets and poetry were greatly esteemed. The early rejectors of Muhammad, poets among them, recognized the Quran as being poetry without equal. And they accused Muhammad of being a poet, when in fact he had never been known to compose poetry. No, the words were from God. The words pertain to specific events occurring during the time they were being revealed, and the words addressed specific audiences. But while the words addressed specific audiences, they were instruction for anyone hearing them at that time, and at this time, and for all time. Muhammad and his followers learned all the words. Among the various audiences addressed are these, all the worlds. The Quran speaks of itself. Allah says of the Quran that it is a mercy to all the worlds. That is the world of men, the world of jinn, that is the spirit world, creatures, uh, and, and, and the, word, the world of uh, uh, aliens that we speculate about. Uh, we expect uh, uh, of which we uh, of, of whose existence we speculate about, and and the galaxies we know about and speculate and speculate about those world, worlds. To mercy to all the worlds, um, and addressed are believers. It is a guidance for believers. Allah says it is a guidance for believers, believers of all kinds, not just Muslims. Addressed also is Muhammad himself and his followers, his immediate family, his wives, doubters, deniers, opponents, bitter opponents, enemies, idol worshippers. Idol worship prevailed on the Arabian Peninsula and in many, if not most, other places in the world at the time of Muhammad, and for many centuries, possibly millennia before his time. There were Christians and Jews in Arabia, and there were those, like Muhammad, who did their best to adhere to what Prophet Abraham there 3,000 years earlier through his son, Ishmael, Prophet Ishmael. But idol worship prevailed, especially in Mecca, the barren, desertic place where God directed Abraham to leave his infant son, Ishmael, and Ishmael's mother, Hajah. I'm referring to the story in Genesis where Hajah is called Hagar and Mecca is called Baca. Mecca was Muhammad's birthplace and home until he was 52 years old. Muhammad was a descendant of Abraham through Ishmael. Also addressed hypocrites and Jews and Christians and Jews and Christians as a book, as a, as, as a group. They are referred to as the people of the book, the Ahlul Kitab. The book in this case being what is known as the Umul Kitab, the mother of the book. That is the book that is with God. What Moses received from that book, what David received, uh, Moses received the Torah or the Torah. What David received, that is the Psalms, is from that book. What Jesus received, that is the Gospels or teachings, is from that book. What Muhammad received, the Quran, the recitation, is from that book. These prophets of God were also messengers of a God. They were inspired with words from God and the instruction that the words were to become a book, a scripture. We know that Abraham received the scripture, but we have no vestiges of it. Noah may have received the scripture, but we have no vestiges, vestiges of that. I use the term vestige deliberately. Vestige means remnant, suggesting a sizable remnant. 
The books commonly known today as scripture really are just that, sizable remnants of actual scripture, but only that. They contain scripture along with other material, some of it relevant and some of it not. Time does what time does. It takes its toll. Over the millennia, there has been loss, and there has been addition of what should not have been added. Humans do what humans do. This is not the case with the Quran. Within 25 years of the passing of Muhammad, what was meant to become scripture became so, a standardized book, one that has been preserved for the benefit of all humankind. Finally, with respect to audience, on rare occasion, individuals are addressed, even by name. So the words of God address specific circumstances and people in the time of Muhammad. At the same time, they address timeless issues and speak to humanity for all time. Following are some things addressed by the words, the purpose of life, the nature of the life of this world, guidance for successful living in the life of this world, guidance in the form of information, encouragement, reminder, inspiration, warning, the purpose of paradise, description of paradise, the purpose of hell, description of hell, description of judgment day, day of reckoning, final hour, resurrection day. Uh, these are all the same. Elucidation, elucidation of earlier scripture with detail. Correction of misrepresentations of earlier scripture. Religious instruction, that is, how to worship, how not to worship. Description and source of wisdom. Prophecy. All prophets prophesy, that is, foretell future events, especially those who are also messengers. Example, Muhammad, Jesus, David, Moses, Abraham, and maybe a few more. These were prophets who were also messengers. They received a message. But there were many prophets who were not messengers, but who prophesied, thousands of them. For example, Old Testament prophets like Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, Joshua, Samuel, Amos, Daniel, Hosea, and Solomon, and, and others. And Ishmael, who was not an Old Testament prophet as such, He's mentioned uh, in, in the Old Testament. However, over the millennia and into the present, there have been people who have not been commissioned by God as prophets, but who claim to or are claimed to prophesy. I'm not so sure about those claims. Finally, a helpful note. The references and allusions to events occurring during the years the Quran was re- being revealed could cause confusion, but they shouldn't. Yes, knowing what references and allusions point to do deepen understanding, but not knowing takes nothing away from understanding. The translations I use have notes, in some cases, lots of notes along with appendices. When I first started reading the Quran 40 plus years ago, I eventually learned to bypass the notes and appendices and went back to them later. Nothing lost, much gained. So it is with understanding the many references and allusions in the Quran to Torah, to the Old Testament, and to the Gospels, uh, and, and, and the Psalms. So it is with knowing world history. So it is with knowing classical Arabic. So it is with being able to unpack Arabic poetry that utilizes the Arabic of the time of Muhammad. So it is with being able to linguistically analyze the spoken Arabic of that time. Certainly, having background in these areas could deepen one's understanding of the Quran. But you must keep in mind 
that the words are the words of the creator and sustainer of the heavens, the earth, all upon, all within, all beyond, and all between. Meaning runs to depths humans cannot fathom. Meaning is also right at the surface in easy English. So listen to the Quran in easy English. That's why we're here. And if you have uh, feedback to give, uh, questions, uh, complaints, corrections, again, the landing page is 607-206-9720.com. 607-206-9720.com. Once more, 607-206-9720.com. And I'll give this to you again when we close. Um, All right. So on to Surah 58, Mujadila, the woman who pleads. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. With the name of God, most gracious, most merciful. (coughs) Okay, first verse. God has indeed heard the statement of the woman who pleads with you. Muhammad is being addressed with you concerning her husband and carries her complaint to God. And God hears the arguments between both sides among you. For God hears and sees. If any men among you divorce their wives by zihar, this refers to a a, a pagan practice, uh, which 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 was uh, that well. You're not my wife, you're my mother. Okay, so I'm going to, I, I thereby divorce you. So that's, so God says here, if any men among you divorce their wives by zihar, they cannot be their mothers. None can be their mothers except those who gave them birth. And in fact, they use words iniquitous and false. But truly God is one that blots out and forgives that is, blots out and and forgives such iniquities, such sins. For those who divorce their wives by zihar, then wish to go back on the words they uttered, should free a slave before they touch each other. This are you admonished to perform, and God is well acquainted with what you do. And if any does not have have, uh, a slave, uh, to to uh, manumit, he should fast for two months consecutively before they touch each other. But if any is unable to do so, he should feed 60 poor ones. This, that you may show your faith in God. And his messenger, in, in God and his messenger, those are the limits uh, of God. For those who reject, there is a grievous penalty. Those who resist God and his messenger will be humbled to dust, as were those before them. For we have already sent down clear signs, and the unbelievers are humiliating punishment. On the day that God will raise them up, raise them all up, and show them the truth of their conduct. On the day that God will raise them up uh, and show them the truth of their conduct. God has reckoned uh, it, uh, it has reckoned it, though they may have forgotten it. 
for God is witness to all things. Do you not see that that God knows uh, what is in the heavens and on earth? There is not a secret consultation between three, but he makes the fourth among them. No, between five, and he makes the sixth. No, between fewer, no more, but he is in their midst, wheresoever they they be. In the end, will he tell them the truth of their conduct on the day of judgment? For God has full knowledge of all things. Do you see those um, who were forbidden secret counsels, yet revert to that which they were forbidden? And they hold secret counsels among themselves for iniquity and hostility and disobedience to the messenger. And when they come to you, they salute you. Not as God salutes you. And they say, and they say to themselves, why does not God punish us for our words? Enough for them is hell. In it will they burn. And evil is that destination. So God is content to let them wait until they get their punishment. O you who believe, when you hold um, secret counsel, do it not for iniquity, that is not, 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 not for sin and, and hostility and disobedience to the prophet, but do it for righteousness and self-restraint and fear God to whom you shall be brought back. Secret counsels are only by shaitan in order that he may cause grief to the believers, but he cannot harm them in the least, except as God permits, and on God let the believers put their trust. For you will believe when you are told to make room in the assemblies, make room. Room will God provide for you. And when you are told to rise up, rise up. God God will raise up to ranks those of you who believe and who have been granted knowledge. And God is well acquainted with all that you do. O you who believe, when you consult the messenger in private, spend something in charity before your private consultation. That will be best for you and most conducive to purity. But if you do not find uh, anything, God is all forgiving, most merciful. Is it that you are afraid of spending sums in charity before your private consultation? If then you do not so, if you do not so, and God forgives you, then establish regular prayer, practice regular charity, and obey God and his messenger. And God is well acquainted with all that you do. <clears throat> do you not see those who turn to such as have the wrath of God upon them? They are neither of you nor of them, and they swear to falsehood knowingly. God has prepared for them a severe penalty. Evil indeed are their deeds. They have made their secret oaths a screen. Thus they obstruct from the path of God. Therefore shall they have a humiliating penalty. That's a description of a a hypocrite. Of no profit uh, whatever to them against God 
will their riches will be their riches nor their sons. They will be companions of the fire to dwell there. One day will God raise them up. Then will they swear to him as they swear to you. And they think that they have something. No, indeed, they are liars. Shaitan, the evil one, has got the better of them. So he has made them lose the remembrance of God. They are the party of the evil one, the party of Shaitan, Hizbu Shaitan. They are the Hizbu Shaitan. Truly, it is the party of Shaitan that will perish. Hizbu Satan, the party of Satan. <clears throat> those who resist God and his messenger will be among those most humiliated. God has decreed, it is I and my messengers who must prevail, for God is one, full of strength, able to enforce his will. You will not find any people who believe in God in the last day, loving those who resist God and his messenger, even though they were their fathers or their sons, or their brothers, or their kindred. For such he has written faith in their hearts and strengthened them with the, with, with the spirit from himself. And he will admit them to gardens beneath which rivers flow to, to dwell there. God will, God will be well pleased with them and they with him. They are the party of God, the Hezbollah. Truly, it is the party of God that will achieve felicity. God, Allah, is witness to the truth. He speaks the truth. And with that, we come to the end of uh, Surah uh, Mujadila. So, <clears throat> uh, I thank you for your um, attention and your forbearance. And uh, if you have um, questions, comments, uh, complaints, the landing page address is, again, 607-206-9720.com, 607-206-9720.com, 607-206-9720.com. So, again, I, I thank you, and I, and I ask Allah to... Um, Bring to my attention any errors I have made or any confusion I have caused, and that he not, he not ask uh, that he not hold accountable anyone who de- does uh, anything or says anything wrong, having been misled by my misrepresentations or the confusion I have caused. So with that, uh, shalom, salam. So long.